Vatican Viewpoint, the church in the world seen from Rome. A podcast produced by Vatican Radio. I'm your host, Devin Watkins. The first thing that strikes people about Pope Francis is his joy, is his enthusiasm. That's Archbishop Michael Banach, the Apostolic Nuncio to Hungary. Hungary is in Central Europe, and the winter days are long, and the weather can be cloudy and gray for long periods of time. And that joy, that smile of Pope Francis that they see, it's a great strength to the believers, but to non-believers alike. This week on Vatican Viewpoint, we're talking about Pope Francis's upcoming apostolic journey to Hungary, set for April 28th to 30th, 2023. The other important factor that the Hungarians see in Pope Francis is his sincerity. That he speaks very sincerely, he speaks with great conviction, and they appreciate that sincerity, they appreciate that conviction, and they really look upon him as a man of his word. And in this society, that is something that is very deeply appreciated and strongly recognized. The Pope visited Hungary in mid-September 2021, but only for seven hours. He stopped in Budapest for the International Eucharistic Congress on his way to Slovakia, and he had promised to come back soon for a proper visit. Here for the concluding mass of the Eucharistic Congress, he made a promise to return to the country. And the Hungarians remember that. And so the fact that he is coming back, great respect for the man who is a man of his word, who now is following through on a promise that he made, but also a great respect for acknowledging the condition in which the Pope is today, his physical limitations, challenges, and the fact that being an elderly person is willing to travel and to come to visit a country. Those are things that really cannot be underestimated, and the Hungarians are very, very appreciative of that fact. They're deeply grateful and recognize the importance of Pope Francis Up until the mid-19th century, Budapest was composed of three towns, Buda, Obuda, and Pest, divided by the Danube River. So bridges are special to local residents as a sign of their unity, even most recently with refugees of war. Catholicism is vibrant here. It is a Catholicism that is strongly liturgically based, but also a Catholicism that has a great social outreach. And just in terms of recent experiences, the speed and the generosity with which the instances of the Catholic Church in Hungary, in particular the Caritas on the national and the Caritas on local levels, responded to the situation in Ukraine, the influx of Ukrainian refugees from uh, the moment the war broke out, it was an incredible demonstration of the vitality of that sector of Catholicism, the whole social dimension. And I think Pope Francis will be recognizing that on his visit to the Church of St. Elizabeth, where he'll be meeting with poor people and with refugees. So not only will it be a moment of support for them, but it's also a moment of recognition for what the Catholic Church has done in their favor. Let's zoom in on the Hungarian Church's closeness to Ukrainian refugees. Ukrainians here in Hungary try to live their normal life. Of course, they pray every day for their relatives and they pray every day for the victory of Ukraine and they pray every day for the peace. But uh, they won't lose their hope, I'm sure. Liliana Grexa there. She's the spokesperson for Ukrainians in Hungary's parliament. Ukrainians are religious. They don't lose their faith. They believe in God. 
they believe that the truth will win. The aggressor leaves their country and everybody hopes and believes that they can continue their normal life. They can grow up their children in freedom and they can return home. Without hope, there is no victory. And without hope, there is no life and there is no peace. Hungary shares a border with Ukraine and over 4 million Ukrainians have fled that frontier since Russia invaded last year. Tens of thousands of those have requested asylum in Hungary. They are in different situations because if somebody arrives to Hungary, they need accommodation, they need food, they need clothes, for example. And there are some organizations which are specified on these issues. But there are other organizations which are specified on launching a kindergarten, for example, or a weekend school for Ukrainian children. There are some organizations who organize for them workshops and information hours in order that they know their rights and their possibilities. So it's a kind of large-scale activity. And I think the Ukrainian community here in Hungary tries to unite in this question and help each other in order to help the displaced persons. As we've noted repeatedly on this podcast, Pope Francis has mentioned the war in Ukraine nearly every time he has spoken in public since February 24, 2022. Pope Francis is well known about being very supportive to those who are in need. And these displaced Ukrainians, far from their homes and relatives, husbands and sons who are fighting on the front. So these Ukrainian people are really in need of moral support. And that's why I think that it will be a very memorable, even life-changing event for them. You're listening to Vatican Viewpoint. This week, we're looking ahead to Pope Francis's 41st apostolic journey abroad, which takes him to the central European nation of Hungary. It's a pleasure for us to welcome the Pope the second time in two years. It's very exceptional. Father Fabri Cornell is the director of the Hungarian Pastoral Institute. He's organizing the Pope's visit with young people in Budapest. If we speak about the youth, they are very enthusiastic and they prepare themselves in prayers and registering themselves to this meeting with the Pope. The motto of this encounter is Christ is our hope. And I think the Pope is a man of hope. And we Hungarian, we try to do the same, to give hope for us and for the whole world. On each of his apostolic journeys, Pope Francis holds meetings with the various sectors of a country's society, including civil authorities, the church's ministers, migrants and refugees, and young people, as well as celebrating Mass. It's his way of showing that the church is present in all areas and levels of society. We need a clear voice, and the Pope can tell us a clear way to follow. And the young people need to see clearly the way. It's not only for the Hungarian Catholic youth. There is a big danger to lose the identity. And, and if they know who they are, and they are loved by God, created by God for eternity, it can help them to see clearly. Because now I see the young people is in a very difficult situation because the world is changing very fast around them. And they have always to perform. They have to be present in social media. Otherwise, they don't exist. So it's very, very difficult to be always online and in the same time to be offline, to have a good relationship, friendship. So it's not easy at all. Young Hungarians, like their elders, have a treasure trove of saintly examples to look to as they seek guidance amid the vagaries of life and their search for identity. St. Stephen, St. Ladislas, St. Emmerich, St. Elizabeth, 
St. Helen, Margarita of Scotland. Also, during the communism, there was a lot of martyrs. For example, Janusz Brenner was a, a young priest killed by the communists, by the atheists. But we had a lot of good examples in Hungary, and I think hopefully there will be more and more saints in Hungary. Among the young people, I see good examples who are really faithful young people, but coming together with a million young people can give a lot of courage and strength to the young, that I'm not alone with my faith. And it is uh, very good to have the Pope with us and to pray together and to invite the young people to be closer to Jesus Christ and to base their life on this rock, is Jesus Christ. Before we go, let's hear from the Hungarian ambassador to the Holy See, Edward Habsburg. The Hungarian constitution begins with the word God. We begin our constitution with the first words of our anthem, which is God bless the Hungarian. Um, this is a clear sign that faith defines Hungary. Around 37% of Hungarians profess Catholicism, a tradition which dates back to Hungary's first king, Stephen, who was baptized around the year 1000. Pope Sylvester II crowned King Stephen, so Hungarians have a long history of close relations with the bishops of Rome. The enthusiasm and the readiness for this visit is even bigger than before. Um, friends in Hungary tell me there's a lot of conferences, interview requests, and the population is preparing. They realize the Pope is coming for three days to their capital, and Hungarians will come from all over Hungary and the neighboring countries to meet with the Pope. So I, I see lots of enthusiasm. I'm expecting a huge outturn for the final mass, of course, on Sunday, but also for the event with the youth in the stadium on Saturday afternoon. And Pope Francis will meet a lot of Hungarians when he comes to Hungary. Last thing, Ambassador Habsburg, your hopes for the Pope's visit? I would like the wonderful history of friendship between Pope Francis and the Hungarian people to continue. I want this to be a wonderful, wonderful encounter, a celebration of three days. I want Pope Francis to fire up the faith in Hungary even more. Thank you for joining us here on Vatican Viewpoint. We'll be back again next week.